It's the holiday season. Woohoo! Or maybe it's not woohoo for you. I know when we deal with some of the issues that we tend to deal with, ladies, holidays can be bittersweet. They can be wonderful times with our family, but they tend to give us two things we don't like that don't work well for us. One, holiday weight gain. Two, that mental backlash after the holiday weight gain. So today I'm going to give you three very powerful but surprising tips to help you to prevent these problems so you can enjoy the holiday the way it was intended. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. I think a lot of us struggle with the holiday weight gain. And then of course, we know January 1st, the entire world goes on a diet. Um, is there anything we can do to prevent this constant roller coaster? Yes. Yes, there is. Um, I know for me, a holiday usually did end in weight gain. But then because of my disordered mindset and my very poor relationship with all things food and eating, um, it of course led to unhealthy dieting behaviors after. Unfortunately, those unhealthy dieting behaviors are very common. We just call them crash diets. But if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that they do lead to repercussions later. So what can we do to prevent them? Well, I have, as I said, three powerful solutions. Now, I wasn't trying to do a bait and switch. The first one's not really surprising, but I thought the title would be ridiculously long if I was like, Three powerful solutions that are surprising, except one's not as surprising as the others. So forgive me if that's a problem. But may not be surprising the first solution, but it isn't talked about. So maybe it is surprising for you. All right, so let's get into it. For me, the holiday eating would lead to waking, but I noticed that it wasn't usually just because of the one day, say Thanksgiving. It wasn't because I ate so much on Thanksgiving, which I did. It tended to be all the leftovers of the week and kind of retrained my method of eating that led to such a mental backlash afterwards. So I don't want to live like that. I don't want you to live like that. So let's talk about how to enjoy the holidays rightly and without severe consequences to your mind or body. Okay, so first, again, this one might not be you know, shockingly surprising, but I don't really hear anybody saying this. The first tip to help prevent weight gain, or at least minimize it, and then the backlash of severe dieting, is to remember that we don't have to go on an extreme diet afterwards. And even during a holiday, we do not want to be restricting all our favorite foods. That is my favorite part of the meal, but I can't eat that this year. I need to have a fat-free version of everything. What we do need to do is just use wisdom, our God-given brains. We have logic, we have reason, we have information, and the more you listen to these podcasts, the more information you'll be able to use to make decisions. So we want to use wisdom. 
Tell me, how do you feel after you've eaten all day Thanksgiving, the appetizers, the meal, the drinks, the eggnog, if you do, I love eggnog, the desserts, the chocolate sitting over in the bowl over there, the mixed nuts over there. Do you feel good (laughs) or are you in pain? Do you enjoy the way that that feels? Well, we don't actually. Why are we doing this to ourselves? So the first the first hint is just using our wisdom. We don't have to eat until we're in pain. We can just enjoy the food with like a smaller portion of each thing. And so research has shown us that it takes about two to four bites until we get used to a flavor. So in other words, that first bite is amazing. Second bite, oh, so good. I knew that was awesome. Third bite, you're getting a little bit used to it. And by the fourth bite, your mouth has gotten acclimated to it. So it's not as amazing as it started out to be. So keep that in mind. You can be very satisfied with two to four bites of something. Now, if you have your Thanksgiving plate and you take a bite of this and then a bite of that and a bite of this and a bite of that, yep, that might help your tongue not acclimate, but you're going to get full faster doing that anyway. So you don't have to say, I can't have that stuffing. I can't have the mashed potatoes. Just put a little on the plate. By the time you're done with that, you have a pretty full plate anyway, don't you? So you can enjoy, enjoy your foods, enjoy your favorites. Just consider a little less of them and as much satisfaction without feeling horrible at the end of the day or like you want to vomit. Um, The second thing about just using your wisdom is if you listen to last week's podcast about carbs, we talked about what weight gain and weight loss is, and it's really just an energy balance. If I eat more energy than I'm using, it's going to be stored as future energy, i.e. fat. Um, So just move more during those holiday weeks, you know, to add in an evening walk, uh, do it together. And it might even be good for you just to get out each evening and just take a half hour brisk walk as you get ready for the holidays because all the preparation, especially for women, can be pretty stressful. So, you know, you can enjoy that or just add in a little more movement to your days. So that's just the plain using wisdom, using common sense. Don't go crazy. You didn't feel good when you went crazy last year anyway. So that's your not as surprising tip number one. The second one is not to have a now or never mentality. That's kind of what makes us gorge ourselves with food because let's say Thanksgiving, which is coming up. I'm, I'm recording this November 2021, a couple weeks, no, one week, no, half a week before Thanksgiving. Oops, okay, I gotta get on that. Um, but having that, oh, this is a very special meal that we have once a year. Uh, they're all my favorite things. And if I don't eat them now, I can't have them later. You've got to get rid of that mentality because that causes you to eat a lot more than you normally would because you feel like if I don't eat it now, I'm not going to get the opportunity and I can't enjoy it again. Well, first of all, who says? Why do we think that? First of all, Thanksgiving dinner, there's a lot to it, but the individual dishes themselves are not all that expensive or hard to make. Why can't we add in you know, some stuffing or some sweet potato something? throughout the year when we want it. We can. We can ha- we can do that when we want. It's not like we never can make the food again. Um, another thought is to a lot of us have a lot of leftovers. 
we can always freeze a lot of leftovers and pull them out a month later or whenever we want them to have another Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and also keep in mind, you have a whole season of probably goodies ahead. You know, this is just kind of the start of the holiday season. And even in the meal that you're going to have on Thanksgiving or on Christmas, you can have leftovers. You can go back and get more if you want them. So just kind of keeping that mentality of it's not now or never, because that really does do that damage, makes us binge on foods until we feel sick. Okay, so that's your first and second point. You don't have to go on an extreme diet or restrict your favorite foods. You're just going to use wisdom. Second was don't have a now or never mentality. And third, this is the most important one. It's to give thanks. Ah, that works nicely. It works nicely for any holiday, of course, or any day. But Thanksgiving's coming, as I mentioned, and so this is particularly interesting. So like most holidays, we easily just focus on all the peripheral things we enjoy, and that primary reason for the celebration kind of gets lost. But for those that struggle with food and eating issues, the holiday season can even trigger some real food problems during and afterwards. You know, I was taking my morning walk the other day, and it just dawned on me how much time I spend focused on my own world, my own thoughts, my own feelings or concerns or issues, et cetera, et cetera, versus focusing on all God has given me, none of it deserved. Really, if I'm thinking about this truth and thinking like, duh, I should be thinking, I should be spending the majority of my time doing nothing but thanking God. Even during my busy daily tasks, my thoughts should always be on thankfulness to God. A lot of disordered eating or that poor relationship with food, eating, dieting, despair, guilt, body shame, all of that, feeling desperate to lose weight, and also that binging and giving into that fleshly temptation to overeat, worries about how my body appears to others and whatnot, that's very self-focused thinking. I am all about me. It's not humility at all to think, oh, I'm not looking good enough or whatnot. It is actually pride. It's all about me, 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 me. I'm thinking about me. I'm focused on me. I'm distressed about me. The most powerful solution, the most powerful solution for peace and joy and freedom from any bondage, including getting to food freedom is being thankful and focusing on that. Not just like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm thankful, but stop. Focus on being thankful. And when we focus on being thankful, several really neat things start to come alive. First, we realize that his grace, God's grace and his goodness to all of us is there, is real. We start focusing on that. I love this quote in a book called The Gospel Primer. So if you have never heard of a book called A Gospel Primer for Christians by Milton Vincent, you should get it because it's all about that saying, preaching the gospel to yourself. We all need to preach the gospel to ourselves repeatedly, daily, always. The gospel is not something that you hear once, you get saved and you put it on a shelf. Mm-mm-mm. You will live in distress, angst, anxiety, 
and stunted growth if you are not constantly reminding yourself and washing yourself with the gospel. So listen to this quote to help put things in perspective about being thankful. The gospel reminds me first that what I actually deserve from God is a cup full of churning with the torments of his wrath. This is the cup that would be mine to drink if I were given what I deserve each day. With this understanding in mind, I see that to be handed a completely empty cup from God would be cause enough for infinite gratitude. If there were merely the tiniest drop of blessing contained in that otherwise empty cup, I should be blown away by the unbelievable kindness of God toward me. That God, in fact, has given me a cup that is full of every spiritual blessing in Christ, and this without the slightest admixture of wrath, leaves me truly dumbfounded with inexpressible joy. As for my specific earthly circumstances of plenty or want, I can see them always as infinite improvements on the hell I deserve. Amen, amen. Whew, I think you should just stop, rewind, and listen to that again. That is powerful stuff. That is the gospel. So when we focus on being thankful, we start realizing, well, why am I thankful? Wow, because I deserve Worse than nothing, I deserve hell. I have very wrong expectations thinking I deserve anything, whether in the little tiny daily things or just in overall life and eternity. I deserve nothing but destruction. But then you read in Ephesians 1 and 2 and all that God's done, you hear about our inheritance and in Colossians, you learn that we are with Christ, we were given his inheritance. And Hebrews 12, 28, let me see, I pulled that one up here. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So let us be grateful for receiving not what we deserve, which is an eternity in torment and hell and punishment, which we have each earned. But instead, God gives us a kingdom, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. If that doesn't cause you to give thanks and get a little bit different perspective on our finite problems, then maybe, you know, it's okay to start questioning, do I know the gospel? Have I heard the gospel? Have I heard that I am a sinner who is headed for hell and under the wrath of God? Have I heard that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, taking the full payment, the full penalty, the full punishment for me, for my sins, for the world, and that it is applied to every person who puts their faith in Christ for that and repents, turns away from that life that was lived for me and my sin to a life that is for him? You know, we belong to him now. Those who have received his graceful forgiveness and his salvation and have repented and turned to live for him. We belong to him. We're his. What more do we need? What else do we need on this earth? Do I have to be a size two? <laughs> I don't ever think I could possibly have ever been a size two. But do I need to look amazing? Do I need to lose those five pounds? Do I need to lose those 50 pounds? Do I need to fit into this style of clothing? Do I need that brownie that's calling me because I'm sad or stressed or depressed? 
You know, God is the provider of all of our needs. So not only does He not give us what we deserve and gives us more and more for eternity, He provides for our needs now. So when I am sitting at my Thanksgiving table and I'm looking at this abundance of food, He provided it. He did not need to do that. How grateful, how grateful that should make us, how grateful that should make me. And He didn't leave us alone with this either. He's near. He gave us even his clear word to teach us and to guide us. He gave us his Holy Spirit to live in us and help us. Ah, hallelujah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's hard to focus on your little things. Okay, I'm gonna talk about myself, not you. I don't know you. You're probably far better at this than me. It's hard for me to keep this in mind and give thanks in all things And then still worry about the extra fat around my spare tire. I mean, how silly that, you know? Okay. So the first thing that happens when we focus on being thankful is that we realize His grace and His goodness and our our mind is on the gospel. We're preaching the gospel to ourselves more and that's just going to lift us up. We're just going to shout out in gratitude in our hearts to God for all He's done. None of it is deserved. But the second thing, very important, and I kind of alluded to this, focusing on being thankful to God gets our focus off ourselves. Ouchie. Okay. So as I was saying that a lot of the problems with this mindset of disordered eating and I need to lose weight and I didn't and I have guilt, that's a lot of focus on me. Where's my mind supposed to be? Well, Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So my mind is supposed to be on the things that are above with Christ, not on the things of this earth, not body-centered, food-centered, behavior-centered, or whatever, blessing-centered, anything, anywhere we go, smoking-centered, drinking-centered, shopping-centered, Um, people approval centered, whatever your issue is, my mind is to be set there all the time. I'm not going to do that perfectly for sure, but stopping to be thankful helps to get our focus off ourselves and where it's supposed to be. I love this in Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Are any of those things I listed have anything to do with me dieting, losing weight, having guilt when I don't keep my diet rules, worrying about my body shape and size? No. Those are all things that are adjectives of Christ, actually, so... He's true. He's honorable. He's just. He's pure. He's lovely, commendable, and excellent. Certainly worthy of praise. So my mind on him. It helps us to meditate on his character and what he's done, which then in turn makes us more thankful. Okay, so that was two. Number three is that when we focus on being thankful, we're acknowledging that he's sovereign and whatever's happening in our lives are by his intention, which are always good always right, always full of love, and always perfect. You know, we're supposed to give thanks in everything. First Thessalonians 15, 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. That is 
tough. I know, tough, tough to do. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if I'm in, I'm in a circumstance that feels horrible, I've been in some, they're horrible when you're struggling. And if I'm not going through a particularly difficult time, someone I love is for sure. And so we're always having that ability to practice giving thanks in that circumstance. What makes that possible is knowing that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me, for you at that time. And because he's a good God and he's doing all things for your good and for his glory, we can trust him and we can thank him for it because we know it's important and we need it. In acknowledging his sovereign will and that he's good and his intentions are always right, it convicts us of our lack of faith, you know, and it convicts us of thinking we know better than he does. <laughs> it convicts us of thinking we're kind of wiser. You know, we would never say these things out loud, but you know, I wouldn't do it that way, God. I have a better way. We should be convicted of that. That's a lack of faith. That's pride. <laughs> it reminds us that he's good and kind and loving always. There's never a moment that God is not loving. And it reminds us that he's fully in control, which helps us to be thankful. He's fully in control. He's got it. His will will be done. And we can just rest in that and thank him for it. Another reason that we want to focus on being thankful is because mental time is used up. <laughs> it's directed to good use. It's not idle. Like when, you're, when your mind's just able to flit all over the place, your mind can go to some pretty bad places. Um, it does. That's just our nature. <laughs> Um, some worse than others, but does tend to turn inward, but also tends to turn worldly, even sinful. So we want to use up our mental time directed at God, directed at being thankful to Him, occupy our brains with that instead of anything else. Um, I can't think of the scripture off the top of my head, but it talks about, I think it's Proverbs somewhere, um, idle hands are used by the devil. Well, what about idle minds? I'm sure the principle applies there too. And so when we start thinking on and remembering God's past faithfulness to us and that all of our trials have had a purpose, whether we know it or not, or have seen the result or not, they've been for our good, that helps to use up mental time and mental space. When we spend time thinking on what God has done for us and how grateful we are and how much we don't deserve it, it takes up our mental time and mental space, it kind of redeems the thought life. When we focus on thanking God, it has this other wonderful side effect. In Philippians 4, starting in the second half of verse 5, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, so Thanksgiving has this wonderful side effect, so to speak, of alleviating anxiety. When we spend our mental energy and we spend our mental time preaching the gospel to ourselves, we are now having our minds turned away from the temporal, off of ourselves, that alone is going to get rid of so much anxiety. As we're thanking Him, that builds our trust. It brings peace. It brings security. 
try it. If you do not think this is true and you are a Christian, I beg you, (laughs) I beg you, start practicing this. You know, when you go through Philippians 4, don't just read it. Do it. Do it. Practice praying and thanking God. And then continue on. It tells you to know the Lord is near and then what to think on and then how to act and that God of peace will be there and you will have peace. So you have anxiety and you normally turn to food or anything, practice thanksgiving, practice all of the things that scripture actually says to do that we kind of tend to skim over. And you will see. I promise you, you will see. And lastly... Focusing on thanking God and being thankful to God helps us to refocus on our real purpose in life. What is our real purpose in this life? Our purpose in this life is to glorify God. Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. All of our life is to be lived out for God. It's to make much of Him. It's to have Him front and center in our mind and our thoughts in our day. And so being thankful helps us to refocus on that purpose and not on ourselves and what we want to do and how we want to live. Okay, so again, practice pausing in your day. Practice these things. Practice pausing in your day, thinking on specific things that you can be grateful for, that we should be thankful for, and actually, actually thank Him. Thank him for his grace, for his love, for his mercy, for his kindness, not just as we approach Thanksgiving, but beyond. And then the more practical steps for helping you to not suffer a massive weight gain, a backlashing diet mentality after. Again, don't go on an extreme food restriction during it. Just use your wisdom. Eat maybe smaller bites of each thing and enjoy it. Now, if you're someone who wants to enjoy all the regular holiday foods, say for Thanksgiving, but you'd like to make them a little more nutritious, well, that's great. I'm all for that. Um, In fact, right now, I am giving away with the November 21 newsletter a guide I made called the Holiday Carb Nutrition Bump Up. And by bump up, it just means we're not dieting, we're not restricting, but we're just enhancing the nutrient value of those favorite foods during the holidays. So if you want to try that, just go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and sign up for the newsletter. If it's past November 21 or maybe even past the beginning of December, Don't worry, sign up for the newsletter. You'll have some goodie every month. It might not be this one, but there'll be be something there for you. So you won't really be missing out. But if you want to just kind of bump up the nutrition for this holiday, for this Thanksgiving, then go ahead and, and sign up for that newsletter. And the link will be in the show notes. But again, if you just want to enjoy the foods the way you've always loved them, then go right ahead. Just maybe consider, you know, I don't need as much of each thing. And using our common sense to do things like move more. Add in that evening walk we talked about. Also not having that now or never mentality. That's not true. That is a lie. Unless I suppose that is true for you. You have no access to food. Probably not going to have a weight gain problem. But for most everybody listening to this, that is a lie. You can have these foods when you want, when you choose to. And having that now or never mentality, remember, can cause some big behavior changes and backlashes. Above all, giving thanks. It's the best time of year to start that practice. So I hope these three tips will in fact be 
very powerful for you now that you're not surprised by them. And I'd like to know what you would like to hear about. So when you make your way over to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, you will see two ways of sending me your questions. One is a form you can fill out, and another is a voice recording where you can actually record yourself asking a question. Either one of these are likely to appear on a future episode, so please do that, and I'd love to be able to answer your specific questions. Until next time, remember 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. See you soon.